Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm Veronica Grant, your host and a love and life coach. And my only goal with this podcast is to inspire you to believe in yourself and that real love is possible for you, even in our swipe right, swipe left world. You with me? Let's get started. And welcome to episode number 72 of the Love Life Connection podcast. I almost said Date Yourself Radio. So if you haven't noticed over the past couple of weeks, you probably have seen a lot of changes around here on the podcast and over at veronicagrant.com. Now with all big changes, some things are super smooth and some things are a little bit rocky. So I appreciate your patience and your understanding as we're getting this entire new brand and positioning really out to you. I'm so excited about it. I feel so passionate about it. And I just feel that every iteration of, you know, what I do in the podcast and veronicagrant.com, it just becomes more and more me, um, which just feels more authentic. And the more authentic I can be in and safe feeling authentic, then the more I get to connect with you. So I'm really excited about all of this change. And I just really appreciate your patience as you know, sometimes the tech gods or the internet gods or the website gods just aren't always on our side. So today's podcast episode is a little bit different than normal. So if you've been listening to the show for a while, and if not, I'll fill you in. Most of what I talk about here is the the inner game, the mindset, if you will, around relationships and dating and love. And I truly believe that, I mean, this is totally unscientific, but your inner game is like 95% or not 95, maybe like 85% of of your of what you need to succeed, you know, whatever success means to you is besides the point. But 
the inner game is so much. You can have the perfect profile. You can know how to communicate perfectly with men. You can be so into your feminine and like all that kind of stuff and just like have the best text and know how to flirt and all that kind of stuff. But if your mindset isn't quite there with you, then it's really easy to still trip yourself up to future trip to self sabotage to lose confidence and all of those things. So I do believe that the skills and kind of the more tactical, the real world things um, you could say are super, super important. Um, um, But I still think the mindset is more important. However, today I'm going to switch gears a little bit and talk a little bit more about the real world. And that and, and specifically today on how to say stay safe. So stay safe when you're um, dating and when you're having sex or or um, or another way, any other way getting physical with um, with men. Um, this is a really important conversation. I can't believe honestly that I haven't had this conversation yet on the podcast. And specifically, we're not just talking about SC but specifically around HPV and how to stay stay safe, uh, what to do if you get it, and all of those types of of things. And one of the reasons why I wanted to invite Robin, who I'll introduce to you in just a moment, onto the show is that even in my own life, you know, I do a lot of mindset work around different things that I'm trying to accomplish in my life, whether it's my business or something in my personal life or um, something like with fitness. I've been getting back more into fitness now that it's not 100 degrees outside and I can run regularly. Um, You know, I've just been focusing, I always focus a lot on the mindset. And it's one of the first things that I always turn to. And I think I've had a lot of success in the various areas of my life because I focus on the mindset and the inner game um, because I do think that most of success is an inside job. But recently there was an area of my life that I just could not seem to get, like no matter how much tapping or journaling or um, just mindset and mantras, like it just wasn't it, it just was not going the way I was wanting it to go. And I was getting really, really frustrated. And then finally, I just realized, well, this thing that I'm trying to accomplish I'm actually not that good at it. I actually don't really know what I'm doing. So I actually signed up for an online course and I learned how to master this um, specific skill. And now like it's changed everything because the mindset's already been there, but it was like literally just some skills and some tactics that I just needed to, to learn. And while maybe this specific topic isn't necessarily going to make it or break it in dating. So it's not about like texting or communicating or what to write or not to write on your profile. I still think just having knowledge is power. And that's really the theme of this episode, that if you can be aware of how your body works and um, what you can do to stay safe and to protect yourself and to heal yourself, um, you know, if you do contract a, a virus is um, and that's that's incredibly, incredibly power empowering. And that's what this episode is all about. So my guest is Robin, and she is the founder of the HPV Education Project and is passionate about raising awareness about the virus, new advances in HPV testing, and about holistic methods of promoting cervical health. I'm super excited for her to share with you um, about specifically that topic. And so she's armed with a holistic approach coupled with the latest advances in technology, and she is taking a stand and fighting a back against the spread of HPV. She currently lives in Tucson, Arizona, and works with women all over the world, helping them to acquire the knowledge, tools, and skills needed to create greater health and well-being. So as you're listening in to this episode, I want you to consider, do you have HPV or another STD, or have you had that in the past? Do you know how to protect yourself from getting HPV or another STD? 
Do you sometimes put off getting pap smears and other testing just to avoid dealing with it and just maybe ignorance is bliss kind of approach to it? And if you have an STD or have had an STD in the past, do you carry a lot of shame around it? And do you feel comfortable or know how to have a conversation with your partner about this? So keep these questions in mind as we listen into my conversation with Robin. All right. And we are back with the show and I have Robin with me. Hello, Robin, and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast. Hey, Veronica. It's so great to be here. Thank you for inviting me. I'm really excited. Well, I'm so excited to talk about what we're going to talk about because I actually haven't had anyone to talk about um, you know, HPV or any type of other um, STDs or dating safety or sex safety in, you know, in all 70 something of my episodes, I'm like, hmm, probably something I should talk about, you know, because people do have questions, people ask me questions. Um, and it's something that I know that my clients and women in the community struggle with, so um, or have dealt with at some point in their life. So I'm just so excited to have um, this resource for them now um, with someone who you know knows a lot more what they're talking about than than I do. So I'm just so grateful that you're able to take the time to to be here. So um, I would love for you to start. Just tell us a little bit about who you are and the work you do in the world right now. Yeah. So. I got started in this, you know, it's been kind of a lifelong journey, it seems like. I got started in the real meat of the women's reproductive health when I was 20 and decided I didn't want to be on the pill anymore and found myself in a situation where I really didn't know how to protect myself from getting pregnant or, you know, sexually transmitted disease weren't even really a thought in my mind. And this was in spite of having... Um, you know, my mom had the quote unquote talk with me and, you know, I got sex ed in school and I really came out of that just with inadequate information. And so I was dependent on the pill. I didn't want to be on it anymore because I was moving into a more natural and holistic way of life. And so it was just a real, it was a conflict for me. And so as I started my investigation, I discovered something called natural family planning. And the fact that I could like tune into my body and cycle and learn what my body was doing, it just, it just blew my mind. I had no idea that any of this stuff was possible. And so this is kind of like the foundation of where I started. And later when I was diagnosed with um, the human papillomavirus, when I had an abnormal pap smear, you know, it was, it was a shock for one, you know, it's like I had never heard of this virus before. And, you know, and to have, you know, the, the doctors telling me that this was a sexually transmitted virus that was going to stick with me for the rest of my life was just, it was devastating. I was, I was just floored. And when I spoke to my boyfriend about it, he acted like, oh, it was no big deal. And I was like, what do you mean? This is no big deal. It's like, it's like, you know, and what the doctors tell you, which frustrates me, they're like, you know, because we can't test for it, we haven't been able to test for HPV. They kind of like pass the buck. They're like, oh, well, you can't tell who you got it from or when you got it because it can stay in the body for a long period of time and this kind of stuff. And I was like, what? How is how is any of this like even real or true or any of that? So so anyway, so to make a long story short was as a result of my personal experiences with HPV and dealing with the aftermath, the abnormal pap smears, you know, the worrying about like precancerous cells, 
and, you know, going for biopsies and all these treatments and this kind of stuff is I just really felt like women should be better educated about this. And so I've been educating women about their bodies for over 25 years. Um, you know, the whole fertility awareness and cycle awareness is something that I'm very passionate about. And it spills over into my work. And, you know, in, you know, I've wanted my goal. Ultimately, my goal is to prevent unintended pregnancies and sexually transmitted diseases in the world. And HPV tends to be the one I like to talk about because I do I have had experience with it and nobody's talking about it, at least until we got a vaccine. Now, now mm -hmm. it's part of the conversation. But mm -hmm. so, yeah, so that's kind of in a nutshell, the long journey that brought me to here. Awesome. I, I love that. So, well, I know this isn't like the main topic we're going to talk about, but mm -hmm. I would love to hear a little bit because I, th I think it's going to perk some people's interest as they're listening mm -hmm. to this episode about the, and I'm not going to say the phrase right, the natural rhythm or natural body yeah, birth control. Yeah, the, yeah na natural birth control. Um, it's also sometimes called fertility awareness methods. It's different than the quote unquote rhythm method, which is essentially... Mm -hmm an educated guess based on your history, whereas fertility awareness or natural birth control methods are based in science and they're using the signs and the symptoms that your body sends as you go through your hormonal cycle each month to, you know, you can pick up on those and use that information to, you know, decide whether or not you want to have sex based on whether or not you want to have a baby at this time. So, um, it's a really great skill to have, um, I was, I feel blessed to have picked up these skills when I was, you know, in my early twenties and I've been able to use this, you know, throughout my life. I'm 46 now. And, you know, it's just been like the most transformative and empowering experience that I've ever had. And, you know, one of the things that I really just kept thinking as I was learning about this stuff, um, you know, many years ago is, you know, why doesn't my mom know this stuff to teach me? I mean, like how, amazing would it be if every girl grew up knowing and understanding her body to this depth, you know, and it really just brings like a whole nother layer of appreciation for, you know, the magic and the wonder that is the female body. You know, it's like, we have the ability to create life. We, you know, we can do some pretty cool stuff, you know, we bleed, you know, for a week and we're fine. You know, it's like, you know, it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. The yeah. female bot is pretty amazing. So I, I totally agree. So mm -hmm. if someone wanted to learn how to, um, I'm, I don't remember the phrase again. What was it? Yeah. Natural birth control. The, the natural birth control method. Like how, where, where could they go? Is there a resource that you, that you trust? Yeah. Me. <laughs> I yeah. could teach you that. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, I could totally teach you okay, that. Okay, cool. And, and you teach and, like like via online so people could like read your mm -hmm. blog or sign up for a course or work with you like yeah, that. Yeah, cool. Exactly. Yeah, I, I do like on um, online programs. So sometimes I teach group programs or I work with people one-on-one -on -one, um, to okay. teach these skills. And, you know, there's some of the skills you can learn from a book and that kind of thing. But it's really, you know helps you to have like that coach, that person to give you the feedback, because it's not always easy to kind of figure out, you know, like what's going on and that kind mm -hmm. of thing. And, you know, some people are easier, some people are not quite as easy. It just depends on your cycle and, and your body and that kind of thing. So when I work with my clients, if somebody does have a more challenging cycle to read, then, you know, I sometimes will suggest like herbs or nutritional, you know, things that they can do to, 
try to bring their cycle back into, you know, a little bit better state of balance so that it's mm-hmm. easier for them to, you know, pick up on those signs and, and how to use them and that type of thing. And so, yeah. And I like to teach, um, you know, there's several different methods. Um, you know, the most common one is called the basal body temperature method, which um, that doesn't give you any warning of impending ovulation, but it tells you when ovulation has happened. So after ovulation is done, you know, there's no more fertility for the rest of the cycle. So you're non-fertile for the rest of the cycle. But, um, you know, the, the thing is for people who want to avoid getting pregnant, the main things to remember are, you know, keep the sperm out of and away from the vagina at least a week in advance of ovulation. And ovulation is not set in stone. It can change, you know, it can be influenced by our health, um, stress levels in our life, travel, illness, you know, different things. So, so, you know, um, you know, the main trick is identifying, you know, when ovulation has happened and confirm that it's done. And once that happens, then, you know, you're non-furl for the rest of the cycle. So, and you're, if you're in a relationship where you're not using condoms and you're not concerned about sexually transmitted diseases, then that's the perfect time for condom-free sex. Hmm. Hmm. Um, very, very cool. So, and just one last question about that. For someone who's been on birth control for like 20 plus years, will their body eventually get back to a normal cycle? And if so, how long does that take? Well, In theory, yes. However, a lot of women are put on birth control because their cycle was irregular. And what that does is it suppresses whatever the problem was. And so if they had, you know, a history of like, um, you know, ovarian cysts or whatever, you know, their health issue might have been, it probably wasn't diagnosed. And so when they come off the pill, that problem hasn't necessarily gone away. And so their fertility may take a lot longer to return again, depending on whatever, you know, was going on with their body in the first place. And so, Mm. so yeah, so if a doctor or, you know, healthcare provider suggests going on birth control pills to fix a cycle problem, it's not actually fixing the problem. It's just giving you the semblance of a period. It's a hormone induced release. You know, it's not, a, nor- a natural or normal cycle. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Makes sense. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So helpful. So, so informative. Um, okay. So I want to circle back then back to HPV because I know that's the original reason why I invited you onto the show yes. when we, mm-hmm. when we first met and talked or via email. Um, so f- let's, let's start at the very beginning. So what is HPV? So HPV is a sexually transmitted virus. Um, There are many strains that are out there. Um, HPV is a wart virus. So there's about somewhere between 100 and 200 different strains. And, you know, if you get warts on your hand or something like that, that's a strain of HPV. If you get genital warts, that's a different strain of HPV. And then there's a a category of HPV that they call high-risk HPV. And these strains of HPV, there are 12, 14, the numbers kind of vary, but in there somewhere of um, different strains of HPV that increase your risk for cancer. So certain strains of HPV can increase your risk of cervical cancer, anal cancer, oral cancer, and also penile cancer. And HPV affects both men and women. Um, 
it seems like men are being affected more by the oral and throat cancers. So um, I was looking at a study recently and they were kind of showing a, a, a bar graph of how many women were being diagnosed with cervical cancer. And keep in mind that we're screening for cervical cancer when we do pap smear. So we're actually, so we're actively looking for it. Mm -hmm. So the number of women who are being diagnosed with cervical cancer is about equal to the number of men who are being diagnosed with oral or throat cancers. And, you know, the screening for oral cancer is very spotty. Like I've run into one dentist who, you know, took a look. And so I don't think that there's like, like, I don't think all the dentists are screening for oral cancer, that kind of thing. It'd be great if they did, mm -hmm. um, you know, cause you know, they're in people's mouths already. So, and most of us do go see the dentist at some point. So, so it is of concern, um, you know, and, um, there are about 40 different strains of HPV that can affect the genital tract and, um, again, a lot of these are low risk. Some can cause the, the genital warts. Some, you know, you'll never know we're there at all. Um, and then there's the high risk category, which can cause problems for people. Okay. And there's no way to test for HPV? So the way things are right now, and I actually, I just went to Planned Parenthood's website um, last month just to kind of like double check to make sure that my information is correct. Mm -hmm. But when you go to, you know, the, the clinic or the doctor to get tested for STDs, and if you say, you know, I want the whole full panel, give me everything, the works, you know, blood, you know, swabs, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. whatever you can do, you know, they'll test you for everything except for HPV. And the reason that this has been like that is because they really haven't had a way to, to test for HPV outside of the research settings. And there's different attitudes, you know, I mean, I have the opportunity to talk to a lot of different health practitioners. And some people are of the opinion that, you know, it's a very common virus, you know, at least half of the population, if not more already has it, you know, why upset people? Why worry about it? You know, it's like, it's just part of being a sexually active human. And it's like, well, all right, that's one way to look at it. And then there's also the perspective that I come from, you know, as somebody who's been exposed to the virus twice and who's had problems with it. And I don't know. I mean, personally, if I have the chance to, to have my, you know, check myself and also my partner for it, I would want that. Mm -hmm. And so recent, so well, I don't want to jump ahead myself here. So in general, when you go for HPV or STD testing, it's not being tested for it. The, where they are testing for it is in women's pap smears, but they only look when there are abnormal cells. And even sometimes then they won't test for it. It just depends on like how um, the healthcare provider codes the information on the pap smear. So like if the pap smear goes through the lab and it's normal, they won't check for it. If you're 35 years or older and tell your doctor that you want them to check for it, it should be covered under Obamacare and they should check for it. Um, sometimes you have to be insistent and make sure that they detail that, like make a note that even if it's normal, I want you to check for it anyway. And then 
Um, if your pap smear happens to be abnormal, then they'll check for it in most circumstances. And so then, you know, that's when women find out that they are positive for a sexually transmitted virus. And, um, you know, there's been some debate on whether you get to keep it for life, which in general, it seems like most viruses you do. But there has been some discussion that the immune system has been able to clear it. But I, I would say that the, the honest answer is we don't really know for sure. We haven't had, you know, good ways to test. And so until more time passes and more people are testing, we probably really don't know that answer mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. So would you recommend ordering that, that test if you have, if you've always had normal pap smears or is it, or will you be safe just getting the test if you've had only had abnormal pap smears? I think for women, um, when, you know, like the next time you go for your pap smear, you can ask your doctor to have them test for it. Mm -hmm. And the tests that are available for women um, who, through their pap smears, are looking for the high-risk strains. Um, they're not necessarily looking for the low-risk, so that doesn't necessarily mean that they'll check for um, strains like 6 and 11, which tend to be responsible for the um the genital warts. So there's a lot of low risk strains that they may not be screening for. And I mean, really, you, you probably want to know if you've been exposed to the high risk ones, the low risk ones, it may not matter as much, although some people might want to know that either way. But um, so now there's new testing available. And um, there's this one company, they're called self collect. And they have an FDA approved test kit that you can do in the comfort and privacy of your own home, which I think is great. Um, and I had the opportunity to play around with it because, you know, being a healthcare, um, you know, I'm a holistic health practitioner and mm -hmm. tend to go to like events where, you know, naturopaths hang out or other holistic health practitioners. And so I met a lady who um, works for this lab the representative for the lab. And so, you know, anytime anybody's talking about HPV, you know, they get my attention, you know, mm -hmm. and, and she was telling me how they have genotype testing, which means that they can test for all of the different strains of HPV. And I counted like their little, their little handout that they have. And there's like 49 different strains of HPV that they're looking for. And so for somebody like myself, who's had, you know, an abnormal pap smear in the past, you know, I had that test run and I found that not only do I have um, HPV 18, which HPV 16 and 18 are the two that are most likely to cause problems with like cervical cancer, um, 16 in particular. And so I have, you know, one of the two that is, or, you know, more problematic. And then I also have two of the lower risk ones that wouldn't have been picked up if I had only did the, um, the testing through my pap smear. And so let's say you have an abnormal pap smear. Mm -hmm. um, what, what do you do from there? What's, what are the steps? Well, what the doctor is going to want you to do, depending on um, if it's any, in general, if it's like, there's like three categories, there's like mild, moderate, and severe. So in general, if it's like, mild or not quite normal, they'll usually just kind of watch and wait. Although some 
uh, practitioners are more aggressive about treating it. Mm-hmm. And we can talk about the treatments in a minute if you want. Sure. Um, and then the other two strains, um, you know, or grades of seriousness, you know, the moderate to severe, you know, it's like when you get to the severe, you're moving, you know, you're a step away from cervical cancer, essentially. And um, I'm sorry, I forgot the beginning of the question. Uh, well, what do you do when you have, oh, what do you do? Like, what okay. are the steps? Like when, yeah. if you have a okay. abnormal so, pap smear? Yeah. So when your doctor gives you the diagnosis, if you have the moderate to severe, then what they're going to recommend is you go for biopsy. So they'll do what's called a, use what's called a scope, which is essentially a magnifier that looks at your cervix up close. And they'll do a couple of tests to identify where the abnormal areas are. And then they'll take little biopsies or um, they might take a bigger piece depending on the location. Like if it looks like the abnormal cells are in the cervical canal. So the endocervical canal is the passage which the baby comes through to be born. Mm -hmm. Um, So if there's abnormal cells in there, they'll take a larger portion out of that. And if you have too many of those, that's called a cone biopsy. If you have too many of those, it can put future fertility at risk because it weakens the integrity of the cervix. And, um, you know, some women end up having their cervix basically sewn closed and put on bed rest so that, you know, as the baby gets bigger and heavier, you know, they can hold the pregnancy. Um, so that's what the doctor will do. And then based on the results, you know, they'll just, you know, recommend a leap, which is essentially a, a hot wire, um, that's, that's used to remove the, um, the abnormal cells. Uh, they may do, um, cryotherapy, which is freezing the cervix. That's what they wanted to do to my cervix the first time that, um, you know, I had this problem and, um, that brings me to the alternatives, which if you're diagnosed with this problem, um, it's been my personal experience that the cervix responds really well to natural treatments. You know, granted, you, you know, have to be cognizant of what viruses you have, you know, because you don't want like time to continue to pass when you know there's a problem, especially like if, you know, you have a serious, um, you know, they call it SIN 1, 2, and 3, S-C-C-I-N, 1, 2, and 3. So if you have SIN 2 and 3, which is the moderate or severe, then, you know, you're getting closer to the cancer. But so, you know, when I had the problem, um, I had moderate to severe dysplasia. And I decided after my biopsies, actually before my biopsies even happened, that I was going to, you know, treat it holistically. And so I enlisted the help of a, of a health practitioner so I could get access to like high potency vitamins and other things that I wouldn't normally have access to. And, you know, we worked together for about, I think about four months or so. And the next pap smear I went for, it wasn't a hundred percent normal, but it was, you know, like it showed some inflammation. There was extra white blood cells, you know, things didn't quite look a hundred percent, but it wasn't, you know, moderate to severe dysplasia anymore. And then, you know, so I just kept up with the the natural, you know, protocols and that kind of thing. And then my pap smear was normal for, you know, 13 or 14 years after that. So, so I was really happy with, with those results. Wow. Um, that's, that's great. Mm -hmm. Um, so does having HPV, I know you mentioned, um, the biopsies could, 
affect the cervix, which then could affect fertility. But other than that, are there other fertility risks um, for down the road? Should should one want to have a baby? Well, that's a great question. And I actually had that question myself recently. So I did a little bit of research on it because I had um, come across somebody making a claim. And, you know, whenever I see that, I'm like, all right, is there any truth to that? So, you know, I go start searching through the scientific papers and that kind of stuff to see, you know, what the scientists have, you know, been up to, what they found out and this kind of thing. And um, it seems like there is a small risk, um, you know, for babies who are born vaginally of, you know, getting the HPV in their respiratory system, which can cause some problems. Um, I don't think it's something that happens very often, especially with as common as we know HPV is, but it is something that could potentially happen. Got it. Got it. And is HPV transmitted only through sex or through other ways as well? So HPV is transmitted by skin on skin. So not Mm. like bodily fluids. So condoms provide some protection, but not a hundred percent. The female condom provides a little bit more protection because there's more coverage on the outside on the external surface. Mm -hmm. Um, in general, the research that I've seen is that usually if one partner is positive, usually the woman will be the one who finds out through her pap smear that both partners are positive. You know, and again, like I was saying before, in the research environments like the universities and the, and the labs and that kind of stuff, they have the ability to test the men and the women. But in, you know, out here in the real world, um, there just hasn't been the testing available up until, you know, this point. So. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited about the new tests. So I'm yeah. very excited about those. Yeah. So then, um, you know, how do you how do you stay safe if you're if you're dating and you're having sex with people? Um, you know, what 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 would you recommend to to women listening to this? Well, before we had this new test available, I had a list of questions that I would give to people that you could ask a new potential partner. But here's the thing with that. It's like, even though like they pass the questionnaire with flying colors, it's like it only takes one person to expose you to HPV. Mm-hmm. And so unless that person is like a virgin, you know, and, you know, I mean, I hate to I hate to say this, but, you know, virgin is such like a, a squirrely term. Mm-hmm. And when somebody says that they're a virgin, you know, there may be things that are being left out, you know, like people, for example, who have been sexually abused, you know, this type of thing. It's like that's not necessarily something that you're going to tell somebody on the first date kind of thing. And so, you know, where somebody might say, yes, I'm a virgin, you know, like I'm thinking maybe like a teenager or a young adult or something like that, you know, they may have this history where, you know, that's just off limits that they're not going to talk about. And so it is possible that they could have had an HPV exposure, you know, as a result of something like that, mm-hmm. you know, so, so like even, so like I said, so even if somebody says they're a virgin, you know, it's like, you don't know exactly like, what does that mean to them unless you have like a really deep conversation about that. And so, so outside of the testing, you know, use condoms, obviously, like I said, the female condoms are, you know, give the best exposure. Um, 
keep a healthy immune system. If you've been exposed to HPV, your best defense is your immune system. Um, if somebody's been exposed, a couple different things, you know, several different things could happen. And there's like three factors that I tend to think come into play. One is, you know, the condition of your immune system, the overall state of your general health, you know, like how much stress is there in your life, um, you know, like what is your GI health like? Um, cause they say like 70% of your immune system lives in your, in your gut. So there's like, you know, different factors, you know, like, are, do you have risk factors and you like your lifestyle choices? Like, are you a smoker? Um, you know, do you have like MTHFR mutations, which affects how you process your B vitamins, you know, things like this could have an impact, you know, if you're exposed to the virus as to whether or not, you know, your immune system is going to be able to fight it off or keep it in check or if it's going to cause problems. It's so, so interesting that your immune system can play such a big role in. Well, it's a virus. Yeah. 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 I mean, when yeah. you get the flu, I mean, it's up to your immune system to fight it off. That's true. Right. So, I mean, I mean, this, this virus is so common. You could, in some senses, think of it as, you know, as a flu that you get in your genitals or whatever. I mean, there's, you know, 40 some odd different strains of the virus, which, you know, if you're going to apply the flu model, you know, it could be like that. And some strains can really wreak havoc and some you don't even ever know they were there. So, right. Right. So, and your immune system plays a huge, huge role in that. Yeah. That makes sense. I never thought about it like that, but that makes a lot of sense. Um, so for someone who is listening, who maybe is young enough to have gotten the, the vaccine, um, mm-hmm. cause that's a newer thing, right? Yes. Okay. Um, is that like foolproof? You don't have to worry about it or what does it actually protect you against? Okay. So the HPV vaccine, there are three different vaccines. Um, it started out with, um, I believe it's called Cervax, which is te- um, protects against HPV 16 and 18 and is widely used in the world, but is no longer here available in the United States. Here in the United States, we have Gardasil. Um, they are the only um, HPV vaccine maker here in the U.S., and they have two different versions of the vaccine. The original version protected against HPV 16 and 18, which are the two that are most likely to cause cervical cancer or other HPV-related cancers. And then it also protects against HPV 6 and 11, which are the two that are most likely to cause genital warts. Since then, they've updated their vaccine to include nine of the different strains of the virus. So in addition to the original four, they included five more of the high-risk strains, which there's a total of 14 or so of them. So again, not full coverage. And I mean, that, and that's what it boils down to. It's like there isn't full coverage, um, you know, whether you have the vaccine or not, Um And, you know, I have thoughts about the vaccine, too. Like, I mean, I'm not necessarily for or against anything. You know, like if people want to use the birth control pill, it's their body. It's their choice. You know, my job is to be the educator. Like, here are your options and you get to Mm -hmm. choose. And for a parent who's deciding whether or not to vaccinate their child, I know it's it's a challenging decision to make. And, um, you know, I don't necessarily want to get into that here, but... One of the thoughts that I had as I was thinking about the vaccine is, 
you know, I don't necessarily agree with like the blanket vaccine population or have it being required. I know some states do have it as a requirement to go to school, but I would rather see it as like a personal choice, whether by the parents or by the individual. And I'm thinking like with the new testing that we have available, like let's say a couple comes together and one of the people has, you know, 16 or 18 and the other doesn't, then you know, maybe they might want to get the vaccine to protect themselves, you know? I mean, that's like, I think of that as like kind of judicious application of the tools that we have available. And so, so I don't know. I mean, vaccines are a touchy topic for many. So. Right. Right. Yeah. I got the HPE vaccine, but I did it not when I was a kid. I got it. Um, I did the one where you have to take, do it three times over. Yes. Mm-hmm. however many months or years and mm-hmm. you had to get it before you're like 25 or 20 something right mm-hmm. yeah um does that give you any indication as to which one i got because <laughs> i have no idea which mm-hmm. one i got um i was like i guess i finished it probably five years ago if that helps okay five years ago um yeah they're mostly most all of them are around of three although you know, research is coming out saying that we think it's going to be just as effective with two shots instead of three. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as which it would be, I'm not sure. I know that the, you know, the nine is is newer, but I don't know what year that mm-hmm. came available. But Got it. it might not be that hard to find out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure I could do some Googling. Just just curious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My podcast is a selfish excuse to ask people questions that I have questions yeah. about. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect <laughs> that's what these things are all about you know it's for our own education too so um yeah well i i think this is so informative for people listening because um yeah i mean at least for me people started talking about hpv in college and was like what like what's hpv like i don't understand so i'm i'm right. just so grateful for for you to come onto the podcast um the last thing I want to I want to switch gears just a little bit, and you know, in, in your experience, either your own experience or working with your patients and, and clients, um, is helping women to navigate some of the shame they may have around whether it's contracting HPV or another um, STD. What what do you can you can you speak to that? Yeah, well, with st, you know. With viruses, with HPV in particular, I mean, it's such a common virus. Um, You know, they say at least half of the population has the virus. Um, Planned Parenthood says that 75% of the sexually active population will be exposed to the virus, you know, over the course of their lifetime. So it's just something that's out there. It's like catching the flu. It's like, you know, it's just something that that we have to deal with. If you are, you know, positive for HPV, you know, there are things that you can do. Your doctor doesn't have a cure for you, a quote unquote cure, but you have your immune system. And there's a lot of research out there showing like which nutrients, you know, help support your body. Like for women in particular, like there's certain nutrients that we've identified that, you know, women tend to be deficient in when they're having problems with, you know, cervical cancer or cervical dysplasia, that type of thing. So there's research out there that backs, you know, some of these natural things. And so you can, you can fight back against the virus and, you know, Planned Parenthood these days says that a lot of people are clearing the virus, whether or not that's actually true, we haven't been able to test. So I don't know, Mm -hmm. but you know, 
maybe these these new tests will give us a better opportunity to find out. So, I mean, I think I got rid of the virus when I went through the treatment that we did. You know, there was herbs involved, like antiviral herbs and, you know, this type of stuff. And and I think I got rid of it. Can I prove it? No, I can't prove it. But, you know, my pap smear was good for 14 years. When I asked them to check for it and they actually followed through and checked for it, you know, it wasn't finding it. So... So yeah, so wow. who knows? Yeah. Wow. That's so that's so fascinating. And it's just, you know, it doesn't it doesn't mean anything against, you know, someone's self worth or who they are. No, I mean you could you could have had sex with one person. I mean like you could have like married your high school sweetheart, got divorced, you know, twenty years later and you know, you still could have been exposed to HPV. And, you know, some people, you know, it lays dormant in their tissues for, you know, long periods of time, and they don't know they have it. And then, you know, when she went through her divorce, you know, then it pops up because it's stress, you know, Mm -hmm. stress tends to be like the probably one of the biggest triggers for somebody who's had a dormant infection to have it pop up. Wow. Wow. So informative and so helpful. I I so appreciate you taking the time to come on to the podcast. Um, And before I let you go, just a couple more questions. The first thing is, if people listening want to reach out to you, connect with you, um, what's the best way for them to to do that? Yeah, so... um I have a few different websites and I'm, I'm trying not to be so scattered, but you know, I, I just love talking about these things and you know, it's something that's just really important to me. But, um, if somebody wants to learn more about the HPV, um, my website is hpvedu.com. So hpvedu.com. And, um, you can find out about information there. Um, if you're interested about learning more about the testing, um, same website address, um, forward slash testing. So HPVEDU forward slash testing, and that will bring you right to the page that has all the information about the new STD tests and how to order those. Um, Mm -hmm. the, the typical one, which tests for 16, 18 and the high risk, um, that you can order online. If you have interest in doing the full HPV genotyping so that you're identifying like the low risk, the high risk, everything, and finding out exactly which numbers of the virus you have, which strains of the virus you have, then that one, um, it's not um, available to the general public, but because I have conversation with um the rep at the lab and I was able to get it set up so that um, my clients are able to order that test if they would like to. So if you have interest in doing that, um, the order form for that is available on that page as well. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, um, thank you so much. And then the last question I always ask my guests is what is your favorite way to treat yourself? Hmm. My favorite way to treat myself. And before I give you that, um, let me just give you my email address to you in case people want to email me and ask questions. Um, Robin, R O B I N spelled like the bird, Mm -hmm. um, at hpvedu.com. Perfect. And all of those links, everyone will be on the show notes, which you can just grab either on your podcast player or over at veronicagrant.com forward slash episode 
72. <laughs> make sure I was getting that number right. <laughs> yes. And to answer your question, you know, the favorite thing I really enjoy doing for myself is taking the time to slow down and just appreciate things. And, you know, whether that just like means I stop to smell a flower as I'm walking by or, you know, after a hard day work, I'm just like, okay, everything I had planned is just going to go off to the side and I'm just going to take care of me right now. Yeah. So, yeah. So just really like tuning in and, and knowing that, you know, that you need to take care of yourself first so that you can serve other people. Yeah. Um, and finding ways to weave those little bits of self-care into your day yeah. and making them a habit. Yeah. I love that. I, I love that. A lot of people pleasers I know listen to this podcast. So putting yourself first, if nothing else, yeah. so you can help more people. So yeah. Well, <laughs> and you know, and one thing we didn't talk about either, which maybe might be good for um, your, your community here too, is starting the conversation about STDs. Mm. Do we, do we have a minute for that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And actually that was something um, I meant to ask you about. It wasn't in my notes. So yeah, let's do it. Real yeah. Quick. Um, with any new relationship, I mean, it is the responsible thing to have a conversation about history. Um, and really, I mean, it doesn't matter what your history is, to be honest, whether you've been exposed to STDs or not, you know, you are a beautiful person and you are lovable, whether you have an STD or not, you know, mm -hmm. and it's true that some people might have a hard time to get around the whole STD issue, but you know, there's lots of people out there and they're not the only one. Right. But as right. far as, you know, I, I have, have the conversation, you know, early in the relationship when you start dating, um, mm -hmm. make a date to go with them and have it done. Um, you know, you can go to your doctor, you can go to Planned Parenthood, Planned Parenthood. There are places online where you can order stuff. Some of them, you know, with the, with the STD testing, you know, some are blood tests, like HIV is a blood test. And so, um, you know, you'll have to make sure that you get all of your bases covered because right. as we had the conversation before, you know, HPV is something that's not included and it increases, you know, risk for oral cancer, cervical cancer, penile cancer, anal cancer, you know, all these different things. And so, the responsible thing to do is, is to test. And if something comes back positive, you know, have a conversation, you know, is this something we can work around? Condoms are really great. You know, I've dated people who have had herpes and use condoms and haven't had a problem. And I know people who do the same thing. So, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, I mean, it's really, it's all about the person. And, you know, if you find somebody that you really care about who does have an STD, you know, it's the person. It's not the virus. And you can, can protect someone yourself. Listening has the STD. Like it's, again, you're a person. You're not your, you're not your mm -hmm. virus. So yeah. Yeah. I to yeah. Emphasize that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's, it's embarrassing and it's awful. It's awful to have these conversations. I mean, I've been doing it for years. So it's like I tested positive for, you know, HPV back in 2000. And, you know, I haven't been tested, you know, haven't been positive for it since. It could be hiding in my tissues. I don't know for sure. You know, it's like, this is where I'm at. And most people have been fine with it. I mean, it, 
in general, it doesn't really seem to affect men very much, although the oral and throat cancer is definitely coming to light more recently. And so mm-hmm. there is more concern for men for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. You're just, you're just so open. And because I think the person that, you know, will, will, will stay and, and be with you is, is going to be more likely that a right person for you rather than someone just, you know, then sees you as like your, your virus or whatever. It's like, well, mm-hmm. they probably were going to just do that another way anyways. Right. Whether it had to do right. with an STD or not. So sure. it's, it's always a win-win to have those kind of conversations. I think even mm-hmm. if it's hard to see it like that in the moment. Um, Yeah. And while you're having those conversations, you know, have the other important conversations, you know, what are their plans for having kids? You know, like, what are your politics? Can you like handle living with somebody who is exactly opposite your politics? You know, it's like, so these are all just part of important conversations to have early in the relationship to make sure that you both are in alignment and on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Well, thank you so much again. And um, everyone listening, if you want to connect with Robin, then again, check out the links in the um, the show notes and the podcast player and you can connect with her there. We'll also include her email address there as well. So you can email her directly. Um, and that is all we have for you today. So thank you again so much, Robin. This was so helpful and informative. Um, for yeah. Thank you so much, Veronica. And, you know, while I'm at it, too, when I send you those links, I'll send you the link for the natural birth control stuff, too. So if anybody's interested in that, they can, um, you know, come talk to me about that, too. I'm happy to have a conversation at no charge for anybody who's interested in learning more. Um, You know, one of my specialties is helping people figure out a birth control method that really works for them and their lifestyle. So I really enjoy that. So, yeah. Love that. Thank you so much. I so Mm -hmm. appreciate that. Yeah. All right. Have a beautiful day. And thank you, Veronica. I really appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. Find the show notes to this episode and all episodes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. You can also grab bonus downloads and more resources to help you find love at veronicagrant.com. That's also the place you can learn more about my private love and relationship coaching and group coaching programs. And if you love this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you took a moment to leave a rating or review in iTunes. It helps me to build this amazing community and help more amazing women like yourself find real love. And until next time, remember remember this, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You aren't broken. You don't need to be fixed. And even if you've never had the relationship you want before, it doesn't mean you can't have it now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.